We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parr. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in this Tuesday edition, Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parr, Neil McCready, sort of the Clark Ford studio this morning. We'll tell you about Clark Ford in just a minute. Ole Miss, South Carolina preview. The Rebels and the Gamecocks, 530 Today from uh, Colonial Arena there in Columbia, South Carolina. Again, 5.30 Central. A little different start time because of the Eastern time zone. And the early game there on SEC Network, Kentucky and Vanderbilt, the back half of that doubleheader. We'll talk about that. We will hit uh, the Dartmouth ruling yesterday. The National Labor Relations Board coming out and saying that they are employees. The basketball team there at Dartmouth. And they can unionize. What does that potentially mean? What do we know about the history when it comes to that? Um, we'll give you our best guesses and thoughts here as we do uh, today's show. Also, a few other topics as well coming up today on the podcast. The podcast every single day. The Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West in Oxford and all Blue Sky locations around Mississippi. Those are up and down I-55. They're out North Mississippi as well. Um, they had a lottery winner. The Corinth Blue Sky location had the $3 million uh, lottery winner yesterday or day before or whenever it was. Wasn't me. Wasn't Neil. But it was somebody there in the uh, the Corinth area for that. I think I saw where the Blue Sky can like get like five grand or something. If, if you if you deliver the winning ticket, you get a little bit of money too. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Not $3 million, but, you know, five grand. I gave all my grand. money to Missouri yesterday. Did you? Oh, you were the guy? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. We'll talk about that, too. So, uh, that's the Oxford Exxon lunch specials. Remember, uh, Super Bowl specials coming up on Sunday. Reels, pulled pork stuff. We'll get that to you here uh, tomorrow to take advantage of those things coming into the weekend. And then, uh, again, they will tell you about Clark Ford. Yep, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within uh, 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. 662-257-1900. Guests will join on the Campbell Clinic hotline. If I can get there, it is. Uh, the Campbell Clinic's in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street. From the cottages at Hooper Hollow, the Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care to pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. To book an appointment, go to CampbellClinicOxford.com or call 901-759-3111. Walk-ins always welcome at the Campbell Clinic Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. until 4 p.m. Yes, uh, Toby Keith passed away uh, yesterday, the country music star. I, I thought he—I I know he'd been pretty frail. I thought he was kind of doing a little better. I know he had stomach cancer uh, a couple years ago, at least. I do not know if that is uh, the primary or indirect cause of uh, of his death this week. But yes, definitely one of the more uh, celebrated country music stars. Uh, just kind of pu- public, public, you know, really figures in uh, the last couple decades for uh, for sure. There with. Uh, with him, he was 62 years old, just so young. That's what kind of threw me off yesterday when I was uh, 
when I was seeing that. I, I didn't necessarily plan to start here today, but uh, I was asked in the stream, um, and I, I had this information, and I sort of meant to mention it at the end of the uh, podcast yesterday. Jackson asking, um, might have missed it, but opinions on no chair run for baseball student seats. Yeah, so what they're doing, they've changed it up this year. Um, there isn't the big camp out thing like they had last year that, I mean, honestly, we wrote about it, and Brian did a really good profile on the fandom that was surrounding that week. But it's kind of a safety hazard, if we're being completely honest. And uh, what they're doing, so I've got the deal here. And as Ole Miss continues to grow with students, students trying to get out there, they are supplying the chairs in the student section this year. So what they are doing is, again, reading here from the email, says more Ole Miss students will now have the opportunity to experience the best of right field at Swayze each game beginning this season. Seating in the student section will be available on a game-by-game basis with chairs provided. Portable chairs will be supplied for each row of the section, courtesy of Ole Miss Athletics, and available on a first-come, first-served basis. They will need to bring their cooler or other refreshments to enjoy the section. No preseason setup. Section's general admission ID gets you in. Gates will open two hours before weekend, one hour before midweeks. Again, the chairs may not be removed because they're supplied by Ole Miss. Coolers and additional chairs uh, had to be removed at the conclusion of each game. No outside tents, which has been the case. Grills and all that stuff not allowed as well. So, uh, you know, here's the deal. I've seen some people talk about how it changes the environment or whatnot. It it, it doesn't. What it does, and I I don't mind this, is in the past, the campout thing was very crucial because you could leave your chairs there for the entirety of the season and you had those spots. What this does is make it where more people can get better seats for each game as you proceed through. So, I mean, you still first come, first serve, but I I don't think it was necessarily fair to let you claim a spot for the entire season when you have the student body growing and the the interest in that area as it's always been. So, I I don't mind this rule. It's not going to change the environment, the atmosphere. It's still going to be packed. You know, when somebody said, well, you know, they camp out at Krzyzewskiville at Duke. Yeah, but that was to get season tickets. That doesn't supply you the mid-court seat on the first row every single game. So, uh, yeah, a little different environment there. Got no issues, but that's the rule. That's why there is no camp out. That's why there's no preseason set up. They will line up for each game and every weekend moving forward. So, there's that. I mean, I can try to manufacture some outrage about this, but I, yeah, I think you agree with me, or either don't care. Probably a little bit of both, so it's all good. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really struggling to like <laughs> get worked up about you it. You can't buy the pitchfork and go. No, absolutely not. Those pledges should be able to to hold the spots for the Sigma News the entire season. Damn it! <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to generate some. I'm struggling. I mean, I'm like thinking of like cardinal highlights trying to get worked up. Uh, no, they didn't take the grills out. You can't bring portable grills in. That's always been the case. There's no grill change at all. Yeah. Calm down, guys. It's going to be okay. Probably don't need a lot of grills out there. <laughs> I mean, it just. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I'm not Mr. State Farm, but at the same time, I mean, I, yeah, sometimes you look out and you're like, well, you know. It's possible that's not the greatest idea in the world. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, I I get it anyway. That's the that's the deal. No no real outrage there, nothing, whatever, but that's the that's the situation as we uh as we move forward here in uh in this one. Uh gonna spend about forty five seconds on this, but you, you nervous for tonight, Neil? You wearing your Oxford stuff, Chargers and Tupelo tonight, seven thirty, first round of the playoffs. Um, yeah. Yeah, always nervous yeah. Um, for a playoff game. You know, I mean, either the season goes on or the season ends. And uh, as a dad, I'm running out of seasons. So, yeah, I guess I'm nervous. I, if that they win, sense. if they win, I'll be even more nervous later in the week. If they win that, I'll be even more nervous. But sometime in the next 11 days, it's going to end. And so. Uh, it's been a fun year. It's a gr- really fun group of kids, and they've had a good year, and Carson's had a great season. And um, Yeah, you know, be sad to see it in. Hope it, you always hope there's 16 teams in the playoffs, and 15 are going to end with the loss. And you hope your team's the one that doesn't, but the odds aren't with you. How was he feeling this morning? You know, I mean, <laughs> I'd, I'd kill to have his 
have his outlook on things. I mean, he's a pretty happy kid. Um, he's probably a little more worried about pre-AP calculus right now than oh. he is. Oh, than he. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't help. I can't help. Oh, I, I'm I mean, out on that to a level that I couldn't even explain. No, just nothing. I, I got like, nothing. It, like Laura will get worked up about his grade or whatever, and I'm like, well, that's more than you'd have, and it's more than I'd have. I, what What do you do? I mean. Just survive it. But, no, I, I, he's excited. He wants to play. I mean, he knows a lot of these kids on the Tupelo team, obviously. Um, I, I suspect as 730 rolls around, he'll he'll lock in. The blood will be pumping pretty good. Yeah. So, let's get into this because they're probably going to have to coach each other through this a little bit with the, uh, the Dartmouth, Dartmouth situation yesterday. Dartmouth was really all in the news because first on the academic side, they started allowing the SAT again, and then a few hours later, the National Labor Relations Board said that their men's basketball players are employees and can uh, move forward with this election to unionize. Uh, okay, I, I guess let's go backwards a little as we start this for anybody who's somewhat um, new to this story. This is very similar to what happened at Northwestern back in 2014. Their uh, football players received a similar ruling at the regional level um, to unionize. At the point, though, the temperature, everything was a little different in college athletics, or a lot different in college athletics at that point. On the national level, the uh, NLRB, which is what we're going to call the National Labor Relations Board, said that it could not assert that jurisdiction um, and overturned that ruling about their ability to unionize. This ruling on Monday, and again, a couple different things here. This only applies to private schools. This does not mean that all state-run organizations would be divvy to the same organization in any way whatsoever. So keep that in mind first. This is only a private school matter. It is a huge point for the Ivy Leagues, obviously, because their entire conference is this, and they have a very similar situation at all the schools as they uh, as they move forward. But anyway, so those are a couple things to keep in mind. In September, they had filed a petition to the NLRB to unionize through the Service Employees International Union, Local 560, had a hearing in October. And then uh, the director, Laura Sachs, ruled that the players are employees because they perform work that benefits the school, the school holds significant control over their work, and players receive compensation through equipment, lodging, tickets, and other factors. Sachs wrote in her report, because Dartmouth has the right to control the work performed, by the Dartmouth men's basketball team, and the players perform that work in exchange for compensation, I find that the petition for basketball players are employees within the meaning of the act. It will obviously be appealed. It does not automatically open the door for other college athletes to be considered employees in any way. It's simply a step forward. It's another thing that we're taking on here in just a, a, what has become a litany of court cases. They're all over the country asking for all kinds of things. you got the house case that everybody's looking towards. You've got cases about back pay for NIL going back however long. You've got employment trials all over the country. I mean, it is it is a crazy situation right now with the legality portion of what is going on in college athletics. And, um, you know, look, a lot here. Um, collective bargaining in pro sports occurs between a players union and an entire league. Sachs ruled that a union can represent only a single team and can negotiate only with a single school. So there was a, very much a scope there to uh, yeah. to 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 what that ruling was going to be. Um, however, there's an ongoing LLL, NLRB case in California that's arguing that the Pac-12 and the NCAA should be considered employees of USC athletes. Um, they think that affirmative ruling there could set the stage for similar cases all over the country. Um, you've got a court case called Johnson versus the NCAA right now, arguing whether athletes are hourly wage employees. Again, I mentioned the house case, which is name, <coughs> likeness pay for athletes who competed before 2021. Um, that NLRB case in California could basically upend the entire business of college athletics. Uh, Dive into that. Dive into that one a little bit, if you can. That's that. That's the one that we need to be talking about probably the most. I know the Dartmouth thing is the new thing, but it is it is somewhat limited in scope. Pretty limited in scope. It might be setting precedent. Sure. But uh, you know, it, 
for example, I mean, we're, we're talking to an Ole Miss audience for the most part. If if the if an Ole Miss team decided that they wanted to follow this up, they would have to go to the local NLRB board or whatnot and file a request to be unionized. But they're not. But they're not a private school, so there's actually right. no. Yeah, like the, even the precedent is very limited in scope because the immediate argument would be, no, you're a state institution. You don't fall yeah. under the same purview as that. So I guess like Millsaps could could yeah. could do that or something. Uh, but the bigger the the bigger case is the one that you're talking about. It's the one out in California that potentially shakes the whole thing up. I mean, like in a shaker with ice and shake it up, but it's a completely different thing when it comes out. I mean, because in theory, the house case, which kind of came into play at the end of last year, it's a class action status um, on this one for basically an antitrust lawsuit against the NCAA, the federal judge back in, I think, November um, ruled that the NCAA could be, or yeah, I guess the NCAA, I don't know, however you want to put it, could be on the hook for a potential multi-billion dollar payout to all former and current college athletes. Um, It's being seen in the Northern District of California by uh, Judge Claudia Wilkin. Um, whose previous rulings in NCAA cases paved the way for college athletes to profit from their fame and for schools to direct more money into their hands, by the way. So she is very pro-athlete in her decisions. Uh, It was brought on by Arizona State swimmer Grant House in 2020. The lawsuit challenges the NCAA's remaining NIL compensation rules. Um, They've also listed some other people as plaintiffs at this point, too. Um, and the ruling could, I, I say could, make more than 14,000 current and former college athletes eligible to claim damages if the NCAA loses this case. Um, plaintiff attorneys claim athletes who were restricted from cashing in on their fame before an NIL ban was lifted in 2021 are owed damages for what they could have been able to make. The attorneys are also targeting the billions of dollars in media rights revenue for the football and basketball players whose sports drive the value of those deals. In the wealthiest college sports conferences, a loss of the NCAA could require professional sports-style revenue sharing of million of multi-billion-dollar television deals for big-time college football in March Madness because they involve the uses, the use of players NIL. Says here uh, the lead plaintiff attorney. He said, "What we're going to be asking the court to do for the class is to strike down all current prohibitions on NIL." And so the significant is the rule that prohibits conferences from paying students for NIL. That is the gist and the main part of the the case. Here's the deal. I've been kind of in the weeds on this as far as revenue for the last few weeks and what budgets look like and those kind of things. And, you know, it sort of strikes me, and it's it's probably not a great, comparison but in some ways i i kind of feel like it is um you know we were talking yesterday about how everybody's probably a little bit at fault but kids are throwing harder and worried about velocity and everybody knows it's a problem but the coaches only keep recruiting the players with the biggest velocity the players and themselves go nope we got to throw harder because that's what's happening and everybody knows we have this big macro problem but nowhere in the micro do you try to stop and go okay here's the issue so is anyone going to try to fix it we just keep bitching that there's a big problem and everybody tells or tears their elbow because the person that says that gets railroaded they just get run right over like a steamroll i mean they 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 don't even so this is very similar because we can sit here and as an individual person you can fight for all your rights and you're probably going to win in today's climate there's no doubt about that in a lot of ways you're also completely killing the sport of college athletics while you're doing so so sure go ahead have at it but you're also completely annihilating the system in every way imaginable you know there are so many people because last thing neil there are athletes out here and and this is nonsensical to me and and again go get what you can get whatever but be aware of the consequences of what you're doing Mm-hmm. They're fighting for gross revenue deposits. How the hell does that make sense? I want my money before you pay your bills. That's not how <laughs> revenue works. No. Revenue is after all of your expenses. That's your take home. That's your revenue. If you're a you're a wedding planner, okay? You're a wedding planner. You 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 you, you get $50,000 for the wedding. Well, yeah, your profit's going to come after you pay for the your help, the the, the vendors, mm-hmm. the the supplies. At the end of that, maybe you walk with 
you know, $2,800 or $3,200. Yeah, that, that's your revenue. You don't get $50,000. And <laughs> no, it, the, but look, the people, and I'm not making fun of anybody. I mean, I'd love to, it's just not worth it. It would piss people off. 90% of the people would agree with me, but the 10% that would get upset would be so vocal. They just would lose their minds. You're idiots. What you're doing is you're killing it. You do revenue sharing. Great. Football makes revenue. Men's basketball makes some revenue. After that, man, there's not much revenue. There's nothing to share. It's it's like this is what Carson wishes would be on his pre-AP calculus this week. What is 100% of zero? If you make no money, there's nothing to share. So what what's happening here, and, and, and it's good, there's going to be outrage when this happens, Chase. So if I'm not doing this anymore when this rolls around, just remember I said this, and you can go, boy, he can call that one. And this is easy. They're going to kill everything else. The Oxford Exxon Podcast is brought to you by the College Corner. The College Corner is your one-stop rebel shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Flowood. It's next to Half Shell in um, Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet. You can also visit the College Corner at collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or homegating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day with the largest selection of rebel gear in central Mississippi. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or that area, call the people at Southern, 662-429-4429. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock Start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1. Shop now at astock.bid or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. Uh, A-Stock Auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups, so don't miss out. If you want it, bid it, win it. Brought to you by MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're looking to diversify, if you're looking to leave the corporate rat race, gain control of your income and schedule, MyPerfectFranchise.net offers the ability to create income and wealth. Let Andy guide you through a comprehensive franchise evaluation. He has tons of franchise and business ownership experience to lean on. If you hate your job, your boss, your pay, you feel stuck, Andy Ludecki can help. It's Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Yeah, make- look, look, and Grind makes a good point here. If they want to be considered employees, then technically wages are expenses. Yes. So you can't even revenue share off that. So what they're going to do is when you say, okay, college athletics – Treat this like a business. Okay. You're going to maintain the profitable arms of your business, and you're going to kill off the arms that are costing you money. Everybody because keeps you, talking. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I'm, you, go ahead. You've got to share the revenues. So you've, you have to completely adjust your, your model. If you're Keith Carter and all the people over there at Ole Miss, um, Angela Robinson and all those people that have to figure out the budgets, okay, the, the way that they do it today will be obsolete. The day that this goes into – they'll have to completely shift to a different model, and that model will be more cutthroat, and it just will be. And so what does it mean for women's basketball? They raised I – mean, she raised hell last week. Hey, you won't have to worry about it anymore, Coach. Your sport won't exist at this level because no one will do it because it, it's financially idiotic in a business model. The way that you have right now is essentially this, it's a, it's a nonprofit. But if you have to share, however you have to do all that, what it's going to be is going to be the end of everything else. You're going to make those sports club sports, which means they're not going to be scholarship sports. You're going to turn this... It's going to make it where it's not part of Title IX anymore, and you're going to be able to run it completely differently. And the number, but of you're going to have people, to win that case because they're they're going to fight for everything. They're going to fight for the revenue and all the sports to still maintain. Because because look, JM's right in the stream here. He goes counterpoint: all revenue goes into one pot and is shared by all athletes. No, sure, it's not. How? 
No, that's not. No one's going to do it that way. So you, you, you're not going to share the 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 girls softball players just not going to make the same revenue that a football player makes. It's not going to work. It Title Nine has to go away for this to be a possibility. Both cannot be true at the same time. You so you have to, to choose. You can't get people to understand this. You can't integrate this model with this model. It doesn't work. It There's doesn't long work. been talk in athletic financial circles that in how many ever years you want to talk about the I'm, I'm and when I, I guess Olympic sports would be should be the word I use. The Olympic sports, the only way this is feasible is to make them highly basically largely funded university club sports run by only the university, not the yeah. athletic department. But again, that kills Title IX. I mean, look, I, it, it, that's, that, that's the irony of all irony here, is that it's it, it's all about getting football and basketball players paid what they typically are, or what they could possibly be owed because of the money they bring into the university. Sure, I get it. But what you're actually doing is a complete war on women's sports. Well, because it's you are okay. annihilating it. But Chase, three there's what three hundred and forty basketball programs. Uh, sure, yeah, something. Like you that. got the net there. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever's the bottom of it. Yeah, sure. Okay, all three hundred of those programs, three hundred and forty or whatever of those programs are not making tons of revenue. Well, a lot of them aren't making any revenue. So I mean, the the cat at Siena, there's not a lot to share. The basketball program, I'll use my alma mater, ULM. They're not making any money, Chase. Well, we're really talking about the fifty-five teams, or how many ever there are in the past. Yeah, so I mean, what you're what you're what you're doing this is you're at the end of the, this is where I just come to the same conclusion over and over. What you're really doing here, and just be careful what you wish for. You're killing a lot of three hundred sixty-two. They're not all making money. I feel confident saying that. What you're really doing is you're taking away a lot of opportunities for young people. A lot of opportunities for young people. You're costing a lot of coaches jobs, and I, I, it's 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 nonsensical. It really is. But we're on this path. We started on it. There's no going back. Nobody. Had, there's no, common sense is not going to kick in here. Pragmatism is not going to kick in here. Look at look at some of the other stuff that's happening in our country right now. None of it makes sense. So this is where we're going, and so the result will be. I think the result will essentially be the equivalent of carnage. And then a lot of people who like their, their basic answer will be, I don't understand what happened. Well, you did it. I mean, what's going to, I mean, I think maybe even the whole Sankey big 10 sec thing could even be a precursor for the other sports too, where they go, Hey, nonsensical to all this crap. We'll just figure out a model that kind of makes sense to keep this going to some level. And so I I think way back, way back Reb is right here. The profitable sports will be affiliated in name only with the university and not subject to title nine. And so you, you'll have the, the title nine stuff will essentially, I don't know. I don't know how all that exactly works. Oh, I don't either, because no one does. Here's, I mean, look, I was told. But, but the uh, Title IX advocates, Chase, not to interrupt you, the Title IX advocates will fight this. They will fight this, and so maybe it just gets tied up in the courts forever. Well, because but because in an effort to fight for revenue, they are fighting also to kill their sports. Because the Title IX advocates want all the revenue thrown into a pile and given to every athlete equally, and it just doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way. So in it's other not words, going to work that way. in other words, at the risk of being political, they want socialism. To some degree, yeah. I mean that that is at least one argument in the in the pile is to just simply throw all the revenue and then split it equally between all athletes. Yes, socialism does not work. But then the football and basketball people, men on the men's side, obviously fight that, and here we go round and round and round and round because um, they, their product their product is is productive. I mean, look, two things here. One, I, I mean, I have a quote, and it wasn't the... And I'm, But let me say this real quick. I'm going to finish this. Yeah. This, is, this is what really bugs me. It's the part that nobody gets. When you go, well, the women's athletes deserve to be paid. When you're getting a scholarship and free room and board and all of those things, Chase, you are getting paid. You might not be getting cash on hand, but as someone who's paid for one college and I'm in the middle of paying for another, I can tell you that that does have real value. 
Like when, when the tuition payment comes out of my account, they take real money out of the account. Like they literally, there's a subtraction that occurs. It's, it's why sometimes I want to scream at the idiots who are like, well, I don't really know what I pay in taxes. Well, look at your check stub, moron. That's real money. That was your money that disappeared. So if you don't have to pay for the college, if you don't have to pay for your tuition and your room and your board and your meals, well, that's basically money that never comes out of your account. That It does have a financial value. You are getting compensated. And you are eligible for any NIL opportunity that you can find and execute. But even if you never make a nickel of NIL, you are being compensated when your college scholarship is free, when your tuition is free, when your room and board is free, when your meals are free, when you get stipends. That 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 act actually does have value. So when people say, well, they're not getting anything, the hell you're not. So... Two things. One, and it was, and, and let me be clear, it was not the exact topic we were talking about, but we were discussing budgets and the fact that Ole Miss as an overall athletic department has an $8 million deficit for this past fiscal year that will just simply be made up. They had a surplus. It's whatever. They'll get it back in the next thing. It, it doesn't matter. The, the total amount of revenue matters far more than what the actual balance sheet looks like at the bottom. That's gross revenue for an athletic yeah, department. Yeah, sure. I mean, Keith gave a quote, and again, I don't have it verbatim in front of me, and I'm using it for something else later, but he essentially said, look, we know that some of these sports are going to lose money. We are aware of, you know, we'd love a $10 millions in surplus every year, but the fact is we are giving opportunities to athletes, and we take on whatever is necessary to accomplish that. What he said is 100% accurate. It's the way athletic departments are run and, frankly, should be run, and it also is completely incompatible with what all these court cases are trying to do around the country at the same time. So that's where we are, is that right now things are running away that is a 180 to what we're talking about at the same time. And, and I, had a, I had somebody that's, we'll call it prominent, in, prominent in, in academic and athletic circles for the country say that essentially we have 24 months to try to solve this. That this House case is going to go before a judge sometime early next year. It's going to take forever. And if whether it be a settlement, a compromise, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. You, you figure out how you get to the end of it, but you don't let it go in front of a jury and risk that. If you can get it solved in some way that makes it manageable for all sides, then you have a chance. If you don't, the entire system is just freaking over at that point. Thought there were 18 yeah. to 24 months to keep this viable in any way. What's your and bet? it gets blown up. You bet in two years it's viable or not? Um, I think that it is viable from the standpoint of two conferences get together and figure out a way to do it and might just leave everybody by themselves in every capacity. I think this might not be a football and basketball thing. This might be a complete athletic department move with the Big Ten and the SEC. That's what I think, too. I think they break away and form a super league and just – And find ways to keep the Olympic sports going and and whatnot. Because, I mean, look, this is – Look, if you you keep all the revenues – you don't have to share them with the Sun Belt and the Mac and the Whack and all that stuff. Well, I mean, you suddenly can probably figure out a way to do some of it if people can have any degree of common sense. And I do think Greg Sankey's a common sense guy, and I think the guy at the Big Ten's got some degree of common sense. They're the ones that have the power. I mean, I've said this for a long time. There's no financial reason to do the NCAA basketball tournament the way that it's done. No. There's no, there's no financial reason to do it that way. Do you really need 16-seed ULM to get blown out by one-seed North Carolina on Thursday? Do you really need it? Yeah, or I, I bet people still watch if it's 16-seed Iowa State instead. Of course. This year, 16-seed Vanderbilt. Yeah, sure, why not? Sure. Have at yeah. it. Give it a shot. See what happens. You know, 14-seed Arkansas against 3-seed Duke. Rematch. Sure, what what the hell? Why not? It's Thursday. It's a bracket. You don't really have to have Sam Houston State in the damn thing. You could take the revenues from that tournament, which are massive. It funds the NCAA. You could, instead of sharing them 360 ways, you could share them 70 ways. Be a much bigger piece of pie. Um, You know, fix my, my camera. Uh, 
I saw here, and I actually, I, I don't know what this looks like, and it, it's a side discussion of what we're talking about. I do think there's some merit to schools somehow prorated off what they supply to the country for the Olympics, the Olympic Committee paying some of the schools for that, because they are, we're the only country almost that has the colleges supplement and basically train and pay our Olympians. Oh, I actually I think the Olympic Committee should be on the hook for that. I think that's a viable thing. Sure. I do. I mean, it's not fixing anything, but no, look, I mean, it's a, it, it's a deal. And I, look, I don't want to, let me make this clear. Nowhere near knowing that this is even a possibility, but just an example, my daughter's seven years old. She appears to be pretty proficient at tennis. I don't know if she's going to have the opportunity for a tennis scholarship in 10, 11 years. It's a decent chance she doesn't. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it, I'd, it, bet, it, it, I'd bet against it. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I get it. So, our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. Give it a try because, look, my diet's not perfect. Not always getting all the vitamins, nutrients, minerals that I need every day. And AG1 can help in that. Makes me feel better, like I'm doing something great for my body as well. Because it empowers the gut for whole body health. It's much more than just a greens power powder. It's all of your key health products in one. Covering my nutritional basis for my day literally couldn't be any easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water, drink it first thing in the morning, done. Right there, I break my uh, kind of my fast overnight with AG1. It's a great routine and gets me on with my day. I also like that it costs less than three hours a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's an effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. It's a win-win. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, give Athletic Greens. They're giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com mpw. That's athleticgreens.com mpw. Check it out. Yeah, I mean, I'm fixing my camera. It keeps blurring. I don't know. I mean, like you see, look, you know where I'm going with this because you and I have had this conversation a million times. It's what people struggle with. Life's not fair. Everything's not fair. I'm, I, can, I can go find a five-year-old and take him and get him extensive training from all the best people. Day in, day out. We can be the only thing we focus on. And it, there's no assurance that he's going to grow up to be if, if all he does is basketball for the next 11, 13, 15 years, the decent chance he's not going to grow up to be Nikola Jokic. I mean, there, there's, there's a real shot there. You know, it, it just it doesn't work that way. There's a reason that Livy Dunn, who's a hell of a gymnast, by the way, there's a reason that she's making gazillions of dollars in, in NIL. She's hot. Okay, I mean that, that, that people like that. People like And she's people. an amazing marketer. It's not just she looks. She is a she's, phenomenal she's, PR person. She's phenomenal at PR. Yeah, I mean, you know, she's great at it. But it helps that she's very attractive. Sure. It does. It helps that she's very attractive. If she were not anywhere near as attractive but still as good of a marketer, she wouldn't make us it it's the total thing. It life's this way. And it's you know, also, I, mean, I hate, I, I, mean, I, I hate what we're example. doing. I use this example all the time, right? My son's soccer team won the district title. Got home field, basically, unless there's, unless Lewisburg upsets Madison Central tonight, which by the way, go for it, please. <laughs> unless Lewisburg upsets Madison Central tonight, they get home field mm. kind of throughout, assuming they win, home field all the way through the north half. If the football team did that at OHS, it would be a big thing and it'd be a thousands of people at the game tonight against Tupelo. There won't be. There'd be friends and family. Right? We're really trying to beg, hey, if boys' parents come for the girls' game, will you guys stay for the boys' game? That's that's the that's where we are. Is that quote fair? I don't know. It's the way it is. Soccer's not as popular as football in Mississippi. It's not a fairness issue, Chase. It's just a, it's just a reality. If this, were points. if this were basketball, there'd be a lot more people at the basketball game tonight to watch a district champion play home field, home court throughout the North half. 
Why? Because basketball is more popular in North Mississippi than soccer. Baseball, there'll be a lot of people there. Why? Baseball is more popular. Than, it just is what it is. But we're but the people at, in, in intercollegiate athletics who are fighting for this struggle with that concept. HSC Golfer says D3 schools don't offer scholarships or make money and still offer sports. The Olympic sports won't die. Ole Miss doesn't even offer hard offer hardly any. Yeah, but the D3 schools don't pay the salaries at every level. I mean, it would take a to, – to make that viable in the same way, it would take a sea change of salary differences across the board. You'd be firing assistant ADs and associate ADs. and I mean, it, it would comp- – that, that's not happening. They're, 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 it's not – they're not going to choose to to cut every departmental salary by 85%. I mean, come on, that's not... Well, and I'm sure at some of these departments, there's some fat that could be trimmed. But every, most, Everywhere. But most of the people that are doing the work, those are, those are pretty full-time gigs, man. I mean, th- those are not... Those are not 40-hour gigs. And you need them to then promote to get the revenue and the money that we're paying to begin with. I mean, that's the thing. If you start trimming too much, then you're affecting the bot- the top line, which is the whole point of this entire conversation. Yeah. And I appreciate the comment in the stream. I'm not yelling at you. I'm just kind of hyper. But I, I, I don't know. It, it's just when you're watching something in real time disintegrate, Without a viable you know, alternative, at least in front of us at the moment? Without the people realizing that what they're fighting for is going to cause disintegration. Yeah. There, there's a, there's they're a, so myopic that there's not a, hey, by the way, this over here, this isn't how it works. It's, it's why I think so many people get frustrated. Not to go political at all. We'll go right off this. But it's, it's the immigration issue. It's It's complex. And when you act like it's not, no, no, it's just as simple. We should have this, everyone who wants in, we should let them in. Okay, but then what? But then what? Mm-hmm. I, I tell you start, what you start seeing, You start seeing the results of, and then what? And they're not really good. And I'm going to move on a second. We'll, we'll continue to hit this. We'll have a little more analysis out there nationally on what this possibly means, if, if this Dartmouth thing is a, is a nothing burger or not as we move forward. I mean, as Neil said, I think the House case is a much bigger deal, and I'll, I've got some info on that that I don't have sitting in front of me right now. We'll dive into that a little more as the week goes on. Um, well, I, I tell you what I hate, though, and it's kind of like Libby Dunn, and I, I hate how the outliers are used as the example. You know what I mean? Is mm-hmm. we're basing everything off this poll of zero or a hundred, and it's like that is not relevant to anything that we are talking about. Like you can't take the one point one percent of whatever and go, "Hey, that's what we're basing the numbers off of." It's like, no, they're an outlier no. for a reason. Yeah. Well, if she got that, then it's like, no, that no. Of course, Caleb Williams was a lot more profitable than whoever, whoever. I mean, hell, Miller Moss on his own roster. Of course. But imagine how much more profitable Caleb Williams was than like the number four men's golf player at USC. Nothing. I mean, I'm sure he's a wonderful kid, but come on. It is what it Mm -hmm. is. Again, it's the whole thing. That freshman women's basketball player at SC, I bet's getting some damn good NIL deals. Jew or whatever her name is that had 50-something against Stanford the other day. Sure. She's a stud. So, Speaking of basketball, yeah, go ahead. they're, They're just words that... They're words that people love to use because the word sounds good. Equity sounds good. It's just not real. Ole Miss, South Carolina tonight, 5.30 there from Columbia, South Carolina. South Carolina, 44 in the Ken Palm as of, uh, as of this morning when I'm looking at it here. They are 19-3 and overall. They have lost two SEC games. They lost 74-47. At Coleman Coliseum, but Alabama's getting into a habit of beating the hell out of everyone at Coleman Coliseum this season. Yeah. And then one they would definitely like back, they lost at home to Georgia, 74-69. to They uh, they have wins at home against Mississippi State, in Columbia, Missouri, in Fayetteville, Arkansas, at home against Kentucky, at home against Missouri, in Knoxville, Tennessee, and then away beating at, uh, Georgia in Athens in the return game there. And they uh, now face... Ole Miss for the first of two games at home. The Gamecocks have Ole Miss at home tonight. 
and then they have Vanderbilt at home on Saturday before uh, what will be a very difficult road assignment on Valentine's night in Neville Arena there in Auburn, Alabama. So uh, Ole Miss and Vanderbilt this week, it's... Ole Miss will have to play incredibly well. They need sharp back. They're going to have to get much better inside because South Carolina can get in there and bully you in the post. Yeah, I mean, look, I've watched South Carolina several times. I watched them beat Tennessee last week in Knoxville, which was impressive. I watched them just maul uh, Kentucky at home, which was impressive. Yet I still have this suspicion with them that there's going to be some regression to the mean does that mean it starts tonight and Ole Miss wins on the road I'm not saying that in fact if you made me predict I would pick South Carolina Uh, I I think there's some matchup issues as you just referenced especially if Sharp is limited or can't go and I don't know what that status is Um, but like South Carolina's seven and two Auburn's seven and two I like Auburn a lot more than I like South Carolina um, you know, I, I I just have a feeling they're going to come back down to earth a little bit on the back half. Now they've put themselves in position to, in credit to them. If they go three and six on the back half, they're in. They're they're in great shape. They've done a great job. Kudos to them. I mean, the wins in the first half count just as much as the wins in the second half. But I have a feeling that they've got a. And their schedule four. is pretty tough after the – I mean, Ole Miss is not a given for them at all. No. They've got LSU at home. But outside of that, their remaining schedule at Auburn, Ole Miss away, Texas A&M away, Florida at home, Tennessee at home, Mississippi State away. Yeah, it's I mean, gonna that, be, that's, a, that's a tough close. It's going to be tough. I They're mean, they, a weird they, – they're such a weird metric team when you look at them analytically because they're they've been phenomenal from an efficiency standpoint. They're a number fifty eight nationally in adjusted efficiency on offense, number forty two nationally in adjusted efficiency on defense. Um, they're one of the best teams in the country at making two or sorry defending two pointers. They're really good in the post. They don't allow a lot of easy buckets there inside inside the paint. But then I look at them and. They get blocked like crazy in the post. They turn they they don't force turnovers hardly at all. So their defense is kind of packed in and plays a lot of bodies, but they're not out on the thing getting a lot of transition. It's just I guess my point is you if you're right and there is a regression, you can sort of see how it happens and where it comes from because there's certain parts of the game that they don't do very well and they've just sort of overcome it. I mean, kind of like how Ole Miss shoots the lights out and they have this big record, but you look at them and go, they can't rebound. And at some point that's that's a that's a problem. Um, so we'll see where that sits. Uh, again, I would I would expect that Sharp gives them some minutes tonight. I've not heard any differently either way. Um, but tough assignment. It's not a must win by any 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 point of the, the imagination. No, it's just an opportunity. No, it's, not, it's just an opportunity. It's not a must win. The next must win game is Missouri at home. Yeah, you're 500 in the league after you beat Missouri at home, even if you go 0 and 2 this week. Yeah, or you'd be six week. and They're six. They're off on Saturday. If they lost tonight, lost to Kentucky, beat Missouri at home, they'd be six and six heading into the final third of the season. Mm-hmm. You take that. Yeah, it's, you know you'd love to be one over that. You'd love to be seven and five at the two thirds mark, but sure. Mm-hmm. Tonight's doable. They got to play really well. They have to shoot it well, and they cannot get mauled on the boards. They've got to hold their own. They've got to have a game where they lose rebounding by four, not by 14. It's the quote that Chris gave when they won at A&M that he was so excited about. He said, we were never going to out-rebound A&M. We had to rebound with A&M was the way he phrased it. Well, and even in that game, literally, it was – they basically – had a draw in rebounding in the first half. It allowed them to shorten the game. What killed them against Auburn, as much as the Auburn's phenomenal performance in the second half, was in the first half when Auburn wasn't shooting the lights out. They gave up so many offensive opportunities. And you gave, I think it was 13 second chance points in the first half. I mean, you cut that number to six. And instead of being up nine, you're up 16 at the half. Well, that's a different game. But you manage the game differently. It puts a different onus on Auburn. It might make it where Auburn can't 
go into the half and go, look, we have to pound the paint. Maybe you have to play the game differently. That's what killed Ole Miss Saturday. It's It was off the, giving up so many offensive rebounds that, to Auburn's credit, led to open shots, which uh, allowed them to kind of stay in the game when Ole Miss was shooting at a pretty high level. Going to be a bit of a methodical game tonight. I haven't even looked to see what the line is, but the, the, the under feels kind of right here. Both teams – take a lot of time on possessions and are absolutely really good defensively to limit the uh, the amount of quick points on a possession standpoint. Uh, I'm looking at it here, Ole Miss, 297th nationally in uh, possession length defensively, which is good. You want to be lower. And then uh, South Carolina, 344 on, uh, on that as well. Ken Palm giving Ole Miss a 32% chance, so basically one out of three yeah. tonight in this game. Uh, That's about right. Game. Yeah, I don't feel bad about that. That feels That's about right. I'm cool. Yeah. I'm looking at thing, finding a line for you right now. One second. Yesterday, the only game in the country at the top 25 was Kansas State getting an overtime win over Kansas. 75-70 there in uh, Manhattan. But that was a crazy environment last night. Always is. Dickinson, 21. Terry for Kansas State getting 26 in in that one. A lot of talk to Jerome. 15th, by the way. A lot of talk that Jerome Tang at Kansas State really wants to get out of there. Louisville? Uh, I'm sure he would love the Louisville gig. The The rumor is that he is not the leader in the clubhouse for the Louisville gig. Yeah. That Eric Musselman is. I feel like Eric would entertain that. Uh, I think Eric would crawl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, South Carolina three and a half tonight in Columbia is the line. Over under total one thirty eight and a half. So three and a half, one thirty eight. Is and it half. crazy that I kind of like the under? Well, I told you, but that's that's a that's a small under. I mean, seventy seventy is a is an over. Yeah, I know. I kind of like the under. I don't hate South Carolina minus three and a half. If I'm being honest, that's that feels yeah. like a little low. I don't, I don't. I wouldn't hate laying that. Kind of like South Carolina to win by five or six in a low-scoring game. That's sort of what I anticipate. Looking around the uh, top twenty-five, Kentucky giving Vanderbilt nine and a half in Nashville tonight. Over under one fifty one and a half. UConn as at is at home against Butler. They're giving fifteen and a half to the Bulldogs, who are playing pretty well all of a sudden. But UConn is whoo. Oh. Um <laughs> I mean <laughs> A rolling ball of butcher knives, <laughs> but they are. Would you they take hurt you in so many ways. If I gave you UConn in Purdue, would you take that or the field? Whew. Can I trade Purdue for somebody else? You want Houston? Can I have Kansas? Yeah, sure. I, I might be tempted. Would you really? Yeah. I mean, I love UConn now. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they're kind of slump-proof. Well, they've had injuries and guys missing, and they just keep winning. I mean, they're not even healthy right now. And I'm going, oh, no. my God. They can shoot it. They can beat you on the boards. They can and beat their you house in money after last year. Yeah. Hmm. I'm so scared. I would be so scared of Purdue just because. Is it? You get the I, wrong kind of officiated game, and all of a sudden it's just close. And when well, you and you're going the- to because that's the deal. Look, whatever you want to say about the Chris Collins thing last week, Purdue is not going to get that whistle every time in the NCAA tournament the way they get it in the Big Ten. Because the Big Ten is just anticipating Purdue to beat the shit out of you at this point. So they're giving you every call that's whatever. It's where it's. I have found that, and look, I, I really like some of his stories, his human interest stuff, so I continue to call on Greg Doyle at the Indianapolis Star. But he has made me hate Purdue basketball. When Why do I give two dams about Purdue basketball whatsoever? I mean, I like my boy Adam Kuffner, like, go Boilers. But, like, yeah. I, I, he has made me hate Purdue in some ways. And I'm going... It's not about Zach Eddy getting the foul call when he's in the paint. It's that what happens is they call this ticky-tack crap outside of that, which gets you into a foul situation, and then it emphasizes that even more. It's not about Eddy's free throws. Purdue against Northwestern had 29 free throws that Zach Eddy didn't shoot. Other dudes shot them. 
So shut up. That's not like... And Doyle the other day, like, he took the halftime thing and goes, maybe Purdue just has earned this whistle. It's like, oh, shut up. Oh, shut up. Like, go anyone over the bull, or the bowling record. They oh, lost please. to Fairly Dickinson or whatever in the first round. I mean, stop. <laughs> Don't. You're not a victim. I mean, it just, <laughs> God. Oh. He does make you hate some of the teams he covers. And then you feel bad about it because you're like, that – that group of kids and that coaching staff has done nothing to me for to justify the hate. Yeah, because like sometimes it's like Butler, and it's like, why in the hell is anybody hating Butler? Like they're fine. Like the Bulldogs <laughs> yeah. cute. Like what's the problem yeah. here? Like yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, so I don't know. I think the in the NCAA tournament you can get an even whistle in a hurry, and they're done because they don't really do anything else. They just pound pound it inside and put it up, and it works. But Wisconsin yeah. Yeah. gave them a hell of a game. The Badgers are pretty good. Well, they're good now. Mm-hmm. They're they're sneaky good. Their metrics are pretty solid. Wisconsin's like they're they're a team on your bracket. If you want a team that everybody else isn't talking about, and you want to slip them to the Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight. Yeah, got a shot there. They're a little bracket proof. They can kind of play different styles and do different things. They're you know they're they're not a team that like a certain team pops up on the bracket and like oh god that's it. Yeah, you know, style. The style got you. They can kind of do different things. Northwestern's the same way. They're they're pretty flexible. Who goes further in the tournament? Alabama, Auburn, or Tennessee? Okay, so see, Tennessee's that team that you worry a little bit about. Some team that can really play a high tempo and shoot the lights out. They could get Tennessee. Tennessee's, Tennessee's, they're more versatile this year than they were a year ago. And in fairness to them, a year ago, they lost the point guard in the late in the season and they really never had a chance to fix it. I really like Auburn. Okay. Um, I worry a little bit about some of their guard play sometimes, but that might just be a little PTSD from previous seasons. Bama's thing is that at home, they're phenomenal. Um, but they're playing a lot better. I really am interested to see the Auburn-Alabama game tomorrow night at Auburn. I mean, Alabama doesn't have to win that game to really impress me. Mm-hmm. If they make that game a 40-minute game and, say, lose by three or four points – you might walk away from that going, oh, okay, Alabama's real. I mean, because they here lately have looked real. And Auburn lost to them in Tuscaloosa and is going to want to beat the hell out of them. And that environment's going to be crazy. But to answer Who's your Alabama's question, one conference loss? Who'd they lose to? Because they're 8-1. and one. Yeah. I'll look it up. Keep going. To answer my question, what do you got? I, I think I'd say Auburn. Probably the smart answer is Tennessee because Tennessee Tennessee can ha- have a, a off game from one of their better players and overcome it. Like if Janai Broom doesn't play well in a tournament game, I just don't know that Auburn can win the game. Tennessee and Knoxville is their one loss. Oh. Oh, yeah, okay. I remember that. 91-71. Yeah, Tennessee played really well and it got away late. And they have – they have some non-con losses against good teams. Yeah, yeah. And they weren't Oates, playing as well at that point of the year. Oates is not afraid to schedule. Uh, their losses are Ohio State, Clemson, Purdue, Creighton, and Arizona. Yeah, fine. No, there's no there's no problem in that. The worst team of that bunch is Ohio State at 64 in Ken Palm. Neutral site. And it was in November. Yeah. No, he, he's he's not afraid to schedule. He's one to watch, too, by the way. There's a lot of rumblings about Michigan State and Nate Oates. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. That would be really interesting. That's a Michigan State. That's a that's a blue blood basketball job. Last thing on basketball, um, getting close to the show anyway. 
story in the athletic today about New Mexico, the Lobos, obviously usually pretty good play in the pit. Have you seen the players on their team and like the weird connections to people? Oh, I've, I started the story, all the different, okay. very eclectic. Yeah. So, I mean, their coach is Richard Patino, Rick's kid. And, yeah. uh, they, um, they blew out San Diego state who obviously finished second in the country last year are in the title game against uh, UConn. But their their roster features features Jamal Mashburn Jr., which is the Jamal Mashburn's son, former Kentucky NBA player. Jalen House, who is Eddie House's kid. Uh, mm-hmm. Nelly Jr. Joseph, a Nigerian center who nearly didn't make it to the U.S. in time for the season and just got here and started playing basketball. Jamaral Baker Jr., a 25-year-old who's still playing college basketball. And then True Washington, who... His nephew is Ty Ty Washington, the Bucks center. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, not the other way around. His nephew is Ty Ty Washington. So, bit of a weird, uh, bit of a weird dynamic there. I'm not talking golf today, but yeah, Sammy's those other guys doing it. The, the Liv is on the verge of winning. I don't know exactly yeah. what it looks like or when, but they're on the they're on the verge of winning. Well, we talked about this on McCready and Siski yesterday. Tyler read me the leaderboard for the PGA event yeah. and the leaderboard for the LIV event and said, which one would you watch? And it was Liv. Yeah. I'd watch that. I mean, I know those people. Like, the PGA only knew, like, four of the names. Mm-hmm. And I knew, it's, like eight, it's, I knew, like, eight of the names on the other. It's more complicated, but if I'm just putting a stake in, in a racehorse right now, look, it's – it's kind of like the old adage that you know, you don't, you, in, in journalism, you don't fight with somebody who buys their ink by the barrel because they can just keep coming at you. It, it's hard to beat a company who has unlimited money. Like that, that that becomes complicated when there's not a there's not a budget on the other side and they just pay whatever they want. So, you know, and I said this yesterday. So, I, I, at the risk of being repetitive, everything other than football these days is a niche sport, and so. If you're losing in your niche to somebody that's spending more money and can do more things, things change. Just because the PGA dominated for 100 years or whatever it was doesn't mean it's going to dominate the next 100. That's not how it works. A lot of people will probably watch uh, Buck's Sons tonight, but if you're uh, needing something after... Ole Miss in South Carolina that's not college basketball. Good hockey game tonight. The uh, Edmonton Oilers are at the uh, Vegas Golden Knights division rivals. Oh. Really good game there. Probably can get your hockey knowledge up for down the road when uh, you might need it for the NHL playoffs if anybody's You're not, anybody you're not staying up late to watch Thunder at Jazz? Come on, man. Uh, no. What time is that game? Uh, like 8, 8.30. I think I was asleep at 9.40 last night. Something like that. I'm jealous. Yeah, you said you can't sleep at all right now. I, I just can't sleep. I lay in the bed and I wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. If I turn the wrong way, I wake up like in pain and then I have to get back in a position where the pain goes away. And then, I don't know about you, but if I start thinking oh, about anything, I'm cooked. I woke up at like 2.30 this morning for a minute, and I was up for about 25 minutes. And it's funny you said that, because what I did was basically tell myself I am not thinking about anything. Like, I, I <laughs> sat there and actively tried to turn my mind yeah. off. And it, and it wasn't even worry. It was like, hey, do this at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Like, random stuff. Where I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, quit. And I mean, then, I try these, like, mental exercises that are, like, boredom to make me. Do you ever try the little, like, meditation apps or anything on your phone? Yeah, but like if it's middle of the night, you can't turn that on. I've got, I've got one app, and I don't know what it is, but it has like, and it, it dude kind of sounds like Matthew McConaughey, but he'll like whisper a story to you. It'll put me out. Really? Like it's some random story he'll tell and whatever, and yeah, like I, I'm gone in like ten minutes because what I've done, I found myself that I will fall asleep easier listening to like an audio book or something where I don't remember where I was because I I just pass out while it's on because it's just so you slow. sleep with your with your AirPods. I, can. I mean, I will fall asleep. I don't necessarily mean to, but yeah. Well, that you know they make headphones that kind of are for sleep, like you can kind of whatever. They're not uh-huh. AirPods will fall out, but. Yeah, I've got a couple other things that I, that don't bother me that I can put around my put around my head for uh, for that. So it's for me, it's it's just it's it's maddening, really, 
because I my brain starts going on anything, and that's it. I, I can't. It's and you've the, always been the guy who, if you wake up at like three in the morning, you just get up. Oh, I, I mean, I have a twenty minute rule, and here lately I have violated it because I'd have to find a crutch. Mm-hmm. Crutches. I'm waking her up. That's not yeah, fair. Yeah. And she's gonna be, what's what's wrong? What are you doing? Is everything okay? Where are you going? You're gonna fall. All that stuff. But like, if I were a little more mobile, yeah, there would have been multiple nights here lately where I would have been up and at them at three, yeah. two thirty. We will uh, probably get into the Super Bowl a little bit tomorrow. We really have not touched that at all. Um, I see the the media days are going on, things like that. I saw Travis was asked about Taylor a good bit yesterday. Um, it was not oversaturation, though. Pretty proud of the media. Like, it wasn't crazy. They kept most things in context yesterday. It was... So she announced a new album, apparently, coming out here, yeah, here soon. Yeah, in April. Yeah, new, Oh, new really? Album. That quick? Yeah. She's a damn worker now. I mean, give her that. You uh, know... I get, Go ahead. I'm not. The, I'm, I'm not a Swifty or whatnot. But like, I see these people on the internet, and they're like, "She's not talented. She's not good." Listen, there's a decent chance that if she's packing arenas the way that she's packing arenas all over the country, people are building their vacations around her. People are are planning to attend concerts a year in advance. She's doing something right, boys and girls. That's can we can we please stop with the she's not talented stuff? There's some proof of concept here. I mean, if people worldwide are going to see you in the numbers that they go see her and Beyonce, there's a decent chance that they're both doing something right. I mean, look, we could have had the situation. You know, I mean, we're probably getting under saturation because Think had. Think had they booked her for the Super Bowl halftime show before they started dating, and then we got oh, here wow. and she's doing the wow. halftime show. I mean, wow! And maybe he could have come and proposed it right there at midfield. I'm at, just saying. Uh, uh, Chauncey, I was considering buying season tickets this year. If Ole Miss were to host a playoff game, do season ticket holders have first shot at tickets? That's typically the case for NCAA events on your home campus, like baseball. Obviously, you can get your tickets for regionals and things so i would assume i mean i have not seen that question that verbatim but i don't know why that would not be the case yeah i you, you would have some priority there you would at least have priority through your points but i, I would yeah. assume that you could keep your seat either uh either way on that just to, that would be the hottest ticket in the history of Ole miss football it's why i put that in the teaser yesterday is that as much as i want to go no you just want the buy i i understand wanting to have that game and that memory and that moment and that thing on your home campus i completely get it like i sure. I, I i don't know that i would choose that if you told me to pick one and you were automatically guaranteed that but i get it sure yes if he proposes to her on the field after the super bowl Poor Ian Johnson in Boise State. That's going to be relegated to like the 45th page from from what happened back in the Fiesta that day. I mean, it, it <laughs> long gone, Ian. It's good, but how great would it be if he proposed to her on the field after the Super Bowl and she was like, "No, no, that'd be it's not how we're supposed to do it." Stop. This yeah. is I can't right now. I'm I'm not there yet. Yeah, that would I'm be go- awesome. I got to go back to Tokyo tomorrow. Got another concert, Singapore. <laughs> Wherever that we're headed. Fantastic. So, anyway. All right. Uh, we want to talk Super Bowl tomorrow. I want to get into Austin Simmons a little bit tomorrow. It's been kind of written down in my notebook for two days now, and I have uh, not had to get to that yet. So, we're talking to Austin. He had, a, he had a scoreless inning for the baseball team in the inter-squad Saw yesterday. That. But Struck out, uh, too. Yeah, he did. No, look, he's he is hellaciously talented at both sports. It's uh, it's worth talking about. Story up at Rebel Grove from a couple days ago, if you have not uh, seen that as well. So that's kind of the setup. We'll see what else comes as the day moves on. And then obviously we'll recap Ole Miss in South Carolina. 5.30 tonight from Colonial Center, there, Arena, whatever it's called, there in Columbia, South Carolina. So uh, take care. Appreciate everybody and the stream as always. And we will talk to you again very, very soon.